0: Welcome to the Guerrilla Social Work Podcast, your crackerjack clinical insurgents pitting evidence against anecdotes.
1: <laughs>
0: Greetings, Guerrilla Social Workers. We're thrilled to bring you another chit chat with your hosts, Jeff Waffle of Fury Moore, and yours faithfully, Mace Warren. Jeff and I are both forensic psychotherapists that specialize in treating clients involved in the criminal justice system. We love sharing our misguided musings with all of you and we thank you so much for your ongoing listenership. Today, the GSW crew reviews their recent attendance to the Association for the Treatment and Prevention of Sexual Abuse Conference in Los Angeles. We talk about all the presentations we heard and give you our personal takes on the conference as a whole. If you like what you hear, wait until the five-star rating button lays down for a nap, climb to the top rope and execute a one and a half front flip and land on their chest. And now, on with the show. All right, I think we're live in effect. Lavin effect y'all Yeah, dude Um, Your daughter drew that I know, cool, huh For real? Yeah That's really good I know, I yeah. know They're both, I gotta show you some pictures that My son drew too They're they're really, uh, like All these, just, I just get Inundated with gifts from my kids Yeah, And they're like, oh, I wanna see them on YouTube I'm like, okay <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> we, yeah. we can do that, no problem You got to block out the name and put that picture. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I mean, it is. Well, um, yeah, when we leave, I'll I'll walk you up there and show you some of the pictures. He's got like a portfolio. Mm. So it's pretty cool. Nice. But hey, so, dude, I was I was going to I was (laughs) going to I think for a future topic, we need to. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. um we got to get some alliteration in there. But you used a word just a minute ago bamboozled. I love I love that word. Yeah, it's great, right? That is one of my yeah. that is one of my favorite words. That is one that I I feel like has not got enough mileage on it yet. Yeah, it doesn't get the shine it should. You know, like yeah. there's other words surely that need to be retired. We've talked about those. But that one is fresh. I know it's old, but it's still fresh. <laughs> yeah. And I think we should It's try. fun to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we should bring it back, right. but um, so I got a I got a text. The cha- hold on the challenge is you
2: gotta work that word in somehow today. What? To, bamboozled the, into the into our conversation.
0: Oh, okay. Well, right. no, I'm saying like we should turn that into a title, a legit title oh. of, of a lesson for our clients. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So think about what the other B or two B's would be, because yeah. bamboozled is its own alliteration when you think about it. Bamboozled. Yeah. 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 It's got a Z in there. That's a powerful word yeah. right there. But anyway, I got like this. Uh, <clears throat> I got this text, and it was it was just a random text. In fact, here I can read it to you. All right, and I'll show you this picture too. Um, I can show the picture to the to the folks. Oh wait, no, I deleted it. <laughs> Dang it! Dang it! I deleted it. What was it? Uh, maybe I can find it deleted. No, I, I don't have any deleted messages. Holy. Anyway, it, it said. So it, it initially looked like just a wrong number, right? It Said, "Hey Michael," and. Um, I wanted to let you know that the, the, it was weird cause it sounded kind of close to kind of our topic today. Oddly enough, um, it was like, uh, I think your breakout session was one of the best I've ever attended. Um, but the words that were used were like sus the whole time. Like you could tell. Sus how. Like okay, so the next one, the next one said, Hey Mike. Um, this is Maria. Oh no, it said no no it says um M Maria. So Mike was spelled, so Michael is M-I-C-H-A-E-L, right? Yeah. Now Mike, traditionally, how do you think you spell Mike? M-I-K-E. Okay. So this was spelled M-I-C-H. Mm. Okay. So yeah. and then and then it said M Maria, A-M Maria, not I-M Maria, you know, exclamation A little bit it. of a
2: language barrier M. problem.
0: M, M. Maria, um, and it said, what do you th-? Gosh, it was asking like, what do you think about um, something follow-up? It was some type of – basically talking to Michael to get a follow-up, right? And then it sent a picture of a gal. And I mean like she was – it seemed like she was way too attractive to be going to a breakout session with Michael. It was my first impression. <laughs> I don't know Michael and I don't know Maria, but Are you getting spammed. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, oh okay. Uh, this is clearly some kid from Nigeria messing with me. Yeah. So, so I indulged it for a second and I was like, I just said, well, first I just said, okay, maybe, maybe not. Sorry, wrong number. That's all I said. And then, and then you <laughs> sent
2: him your credit card number.
0: Yeah. So I, I sent it like my, my uh, social security <laughs> and the last four digits uh, <laughs> yeah, naturally. <laughs> yeah. so, and my mother's maiden name. Yeah, yeah, Um, but no, it was, it was funny. Cause then, cause then it turned into uh, sorry, wrong number. And then it's like, Oh, you're such a polite person. And I said, Oh, okay. You know? And, and it said, most people aren't that polite these days. And then it, Went on, like it went on to, you know, like, um, how's your day going? And I was like, okay, let's see where this goes. (laughs) So I was like, you know, fine. And then, um, and then it went to, uh, like, M. Maria, Uh, you know, not I am Maria, M. Maria. Uh, I live in LA. Have you ever been to LA? Do you live in LA? And I was like, it's like nah, I live in Ogden, Utah. I was like, I was in L.A. recently, um, and she's like, "What do you think about L.A.?" I was like, hey, "It is a real shithole." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, making friends or winning friends and influence. Yeah, like, yeah, LOL. You know, uh, sorry you didn't like your stay here. Uh, may and of course, you know, maybe next time I could show you a good time. Like, oh, here we go. You know, yeah. and and um, eventually, you, you know, you can think about the rest. And, and eventually, I just said, "Hey." Uh, conversations get a little creepy, bud. Like, (laughs) bud, Yeah. You knew it was a dude. I was like, so I told you it was the wrong number. And then it says, Oh, sorry. I thought you were a polite person anyway. Have a good day. And I was like, so that's when I deleted it. But I'm just like, think how many dudes, because it wasn't like a a glamor shot. It was clearly a picture of a girl who was attractive like sitting in some little room, you know what i mean? And think of how many of our guys who are just getting a phone for the first time, they haven't had a smartphone ever in their life. They're out of prison, they're in the community, they're lonely. And then they get that text, you know, and they think it's a it, i mean the premise of that of that grift it seems like it, it, it's plausible. You know, some girl mistake some some angel from LA you know, texts a guy mistakenly thinking it's Michael, you and know, it ends up being really friendly and charming. Right. And he just yeah. says, sorry, wrong number. And then she says, Oh, how polite, you know, it's like the premise of a movie. So I'm like, how, how, li-? and and how many of our guys have fallen into that trap and then come to find out it's, it's somebody scamming them for all their money. The time. Right. Right. It, amazingly all the time.
2: Right. I, I was, I was just uh, like, as in like the last few days talking to two different Clients of mine they're they're seeing it now they're seeing it now and they're getting super frustrated doing like online dating Mm -hmm. and stuff because they 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 say that a lot of times it will start out and like they've noticed a pattern that I mean I don't know about the spam text like you got they haven't received that but like typical Tinder interactions Um, it'll, it'll start out real quick with the lovey dovey talk and like, Hey babe, that type of stuff. Like way way quick, really quick, like manifestations of affection. Like, Oh, you, you're not like other guys you're different. And that that to me
0: seems obvious at that point, doesn't it?
2: I don't know to me. Yeah. But like my clients that are telling me about this now are telling me, um, kind of like check this shit out. Like poking fun at it yeah yeah yeah. so they're okay. seeing it so they they're aware they're aware of it okay, yeah good yeah they're aware of it but a lot aren't i i've unfortunately worked with a lot of dudes that have been burned that have sunk you know sometimes it's 50 bucks I, uh sometimes it's several thousand dollars and these guys aren't making a lot of money and it but it, it's just this legit desire for connection this like oh my god I, someone's paying attention to me and i, I don't know i mean some, some healthy skepticism is good there, but they'll, I was talking to these dudes I was telling you about in the last couple of days and they're saying that it'll start out with these, uh, these only these, uh, Hey babe, uh, you're not like other guys. I feel like mm-hmm. I can talk to you. Yeah. And then it's like, what do you do for a living? Um, like, Oh God, I, you know, I, I fell upon hard times. You know, I'm not going to be able to make my car payment. Like, Hey, do you think you could spot me this much? You know, I'll pay it back. And, yeah. and it, it starts there and it's almost like grooming, dude. It, it, it will kind of, Make the dude feel like I'm getting attention. This attractive person's
0: flirting with me. They've made me feel special. Have any of them had any like insight into that? That like this is what grooming feels like? I don't think they've made that connection. In fact, I just thought of it right now. Just, oh, that's grooming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that one, that one just seemed like a little bit more sophisticated because it was subtle enough that, you know, I I guess if you weren't, I I, I don't know. It, it, i i knew i knew if we you were lonely and single and right but mm. i knew we jumped the shark when the moment that it said oh you're never so polite And i'm like polite come on <laughs> I, I knew it was over <laughs> like, i was like okay <laughs> this isn't i know where this is going yeah and and both times it said m maria and you know b- prior to that i could just chalk it up to just bad texting or something or voice texting or something like that yeah. but yeah i mean it Beat down, bankrupt, and bamboozled. They, yeah. <laughs> That's the name of a, uh-huh. a session. <laughs> well, we'll have to talk about that like a little bit more. I, I would like true. to I, I don't know if there's any research on it. Oh, I know there's research on like um uh like some of those scams. There's but a whole
2: MTV show for it, dude. Well, That's sure research. <laughs> sure. But
0: I mean like I mean I'm talking about specifically targeted um because it feels like at times um it would be easy to target sex offenders. Yes. Because, I mean, they're, you can just search for them on the registry. Like I, I had one guy, one of my clients, I'll tell you this and we can kind of move on to topic, but um, he – so it, it, it appeared like they sought him out through the registry, right? They looked him up on the registry and what it ended up happening was – um he had met a girl or what he believed to be a girl online and um they were exchanging photos and they were like this was a legit girl like you know and but she was in on it right and um and then he so they exchanged photos and of course eventually sent a picture of his dick you know whatever um and then uh and then her dad you know quote unquote Got on there and said, don't you know my daughter is, you know, uh, 16, which I, I thought that was a, a sus age anyway. You know I what I mean? Where this is going. Like, I was like, mm, 16's, I, I mean, in our field, you know, a little on the older side. Yeah. I mean, I uh, 13's the sting age. Right. Sad as that is to say. So I, what I think this was, was probably like maybe a boyfriend and a girlfriend and she I don't know like um, he had showed me like a picture of her she did not look young at all like mid 30s is what I was like damn, that is a beat up 16 year old. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but mid thirties. And I think that basically what they were saying was if you don't, um, they're just bluffing. They were like, if you don't send us X amount of dollars, then we're going to tell your PO. And I think he just told them, tell my PO, you know, like, and nothing came from it. That was the end of it. But I mean, sunlight's the best disinfectant. What about the
2: IRS scams? yeah dudes get hit by
0: those yeah and yeah. and and but i mean everybody gets money hit everybody gets run to everybody gets hit by those i feel like bad for old people <laughs> ethel we need to pay this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dude ethel it's like the oldest name yeah, on yeah. planet earth <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's like who's the actress that singer ethel merman <laughs> <laughs> That is the oldest name That's of all time. That's an old name, Ethel Merman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I dude, I always, I always love doing that. Like it's, it's hilarious. Um, when I sometimes when I'm when I just can't remember like students' names, I'll be like, hold on, hold on, let me guess, you know, and I'll say Ruth. It's way off. Um, but then I love to see their reaction. they I was like.
1: Ugh! I'm yeah. Like,
0: what, 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 poor Ugh. Ruth? Yeah, Jeez. Yeah. Like, I love, I say Ruth, and you have a picture in your head about that's, what, that's what's Ruth. happening. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's what's happening. I was like, I've known yeah. some attractive
2: Ruths in my life. <laughs> yeah. Chill. It's okay. Jeez. When I think of Ethel, in my head, I see black and white photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't even picture color. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Some woman. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we were, so we're going to be talking about our, uh, our Atsa our extravaganza, right? Yeah. Yeah, they they changed right. their name though, That's dude. A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it now? Um it, it's uh they told us they changed it while they were in there. Let's see. Um, man, you would think <laughs> it'd be easier to to pay attention here. Let me, actually here. Let's just let's just look at their their uh landing site here. You, yeah, geez, don't you think they should just have it on their uh, I don't know what you're looking for, homie. So. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, dude. Yeah. Me neither. Let's let's go home. What here. is Atza? Yeah. What is ATSA? What is so ATSA? let's give some listeners a context, some context here. Association. The associate. Oh, this is how it changed. The Association for the Treatment and Prevention of Sexual Abuse. They're throwing a P in there. Yeah, I thought it. Atpa. Yeah. ATSA. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh. it was just. I think it was before the association for the treatment. Looks like they're
2: still keeping the acronym
0: though. Sex, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, apparently, man, I've seen some crazy ac- acronyms too. Airfield like, sucks. Airfield's rife with those. Dude. Right? And they, and they, and they, yeah, for sure. And they, it gets like, uh, some of them, don't, uh, like, you're, doing the the letter that's like in the middle of the word i'm like that doesn't even that doesn't they do an acronym and and why yeah. does it always need to say something like i don't know like it.
2: it can, you and i are guilty of that though think well, of all the shit we did with like triple s and the seven habits of highly effective <laughs> <laughs> clinicians or something
0: <laughs> we yeah, didn't do the seven yeah. half. don't sue yeah, us yeah Get franklin covey yeah come on covey <laughs> come on don't do it covey come on cuz hey, <laughs> what's up <'cause? laughs> oh, oh oh man yeah uh no, <laughs> yeah no that was uh that was uh um yeah, what did, that was, we did seven, because we had, it was triple S, so we had to have yeah. seven, seven, and seven, yeah. and we had We yeah. just
2: decided that it doesn't stand for anything. Uh, yeah. We're just, nah, <laughs> like, just, people are like, what does triple S stand for? It like just looks cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool looking logo. Yeah, yeah
0: that's yeah. That's about it. So, I don't know, um, <clears throat> overall, what do you think about the conference? So, we went to the, the annual conference. Yeah, and, explain what it is. Yeah, well, hey, let's, let's. Uh, what uh
2: is ATSA, besides an acronym? That's what I need to <laughs> explain first. You're gonna bring me back to this. Yeah. <laughs> got lost
0: on that web page. Yeah, yeah, it took my took my breath away. Literally took my breath I'll, away. I'll read it. it says, uh, okay. The
2: Association for the Treatment and Prevention of Sexual Abuse is an international, multidisciplinary organization dedicated to making society safer by preventing sexual abuse. And it says ATSA promotes sound research. Effective evidence based practice informed public policy and collaborative community strategies that lead to the effective assessment, treatment and management of individuals who have sex- sexually abused or are at risk to abuse. So it's a conference. It's a conference, it's a conference. Uh, they have you know, presenters from around the world that have done research or have, you know, something to say of, of value. And you know, people like us go and learn the ropes Pick up, pick up <laughs> CEUs. yeah. Pick learn a, the ropes of sex treatment. Pick up steam. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah here's their. Here's their. Uh, look at that. Live in L. A. Living, dying. Forty. Yeah. Forty first yeah. annual. Okay. Yeah. No, that was so. Um. So yeah, I. Here's what I've kind of come to learn about conferences. Um. And I. You know, if you're a professional or student or, you know, whoever's coming and learning about this stuff, um. I think you just, you have to know the function of conferences, right? Um, Like when I, so one thing I've, and so when you go to these conferences, you basically have two, two different types of, of um, talks that you're going to receive. You're going to receive kind of like keynote speakers and then you're going to, and then you can go to like, (laughs) they always have weird names for them too. You'll see in this, in this brochure. Yeah. Yeah. Plenary, Planet, plenary. Uh, uh, <laughs> Planetary yeah. Intergalactic uh, Yeah it, it was funny I had to do a presentation For um, The university And it was asking I can't even It was Was it a symposium And I was like I had like Call it the dean I'm like hey
1: I'm
0: a little embarrassed here I don't know what a symposium is and he's all, It's just a presentation I was like well we, we can just stick with that <laughs> 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 I mean I don't Isn't that where we played basketball In high school <laughs> It's like the auditorium?
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gymnasium. Gymnasium.
0: <laughs> so, um, well, I mean, so anyway, there's like keynote speakers and then there's breakout sessions, right? Yeah, that's right. And keynote speakers, um, what I'd say is, okay, if you're what you ought to be looking for, this this is um certainly gonna be hopefully something provocative you know something to kind of uh spark your interests but um i it's nothing that i you know i and so, and i think at times it's going to give expose you to potential research that maybe the keynote speaker has done that is going to give you some follow up a lot of this it was kind of a mixture i thought we had two keynote speakers which were much more about like um, awareness building, and then just kind of bringing your attention to things, maybe motivating you, giving you some inspiration. Um, yeah, yeah, certain yeah. Things. That sounds about right. And then two keynote speakers that were a little bit more focused on uh, research-oriented things, and and maybe exposing you to those for some potential follow-up. Um, That's fair. And then the breakout sessions, I think, ex, I think those allow you to, um, see, you typically get like an hour and a half, I think is the presentation time. And it just has people who are uh, a lot of people who are in practice and or researchers who are bringing attention to some of the things that they're doing that may be new and on the come up or, you know, something that, that you might be interested in and then seeking out further information from them to maybe apply to your own practices. Um, one thing I will say is if you go to these, um, I don't think unless you are taking the next steps to start doing some outreach and networking to follow up um i don't see i don't see you really um developing yourself as a clinician by going to these in my opinion i don't think going to conferences alone even though we get ceus for attending those um i don't really see you advancing skills as a as a result of, of going there i mean am i wrong well I guess it depends on, okay. So going to the conference
2: by itself, uh, like attending and going to the conferences, like no, like next to no acquisition of skill, but it's like, what can you do with the content? And here's, here's what I mean. So since we've been back, I started something like, so like Thursdays at noon in our salt lake office, yeah. um, been meeting with people, got a little crew of therapists. So we've been, we've been meeting and, um, I've been pulling just up... guys do a meet and greet? Yeah, we, we just do a little handshake, you know? Uh, a, little, a little rub and tug. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Wait, hold I don't think on, that means what I think on. it means. Yeah. Thursday is noon. Yeah, yeah. Noon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we pencil yeah. that in. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, we... Uh, we... We're, we're, well, right now, we're kinda, I'm kind of doing a module. So, well, mm-hmm. I, I, maybe I'll get into the specifics later. Just to answer your question across the board, I'm I'm taking some of what we learned and I'm trying to make it apply.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is you, you have two avenues of how you choose to spend your money, right? I mean, it's, so all of us, all of us are required to um, uh, get continuing education units, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And for us in particular, like we have to get one specific for our field. Which I think is is worthwhile, um, but you, but then in addition to that, like, so you got to think about like, okay, I'm spending money on this anyway. How am I going to spend that money now? What I'll say is, is if you go to conferences only and if you're just thinking that you're going to absorb information Hell no. through osmosis and then somehow you're going to start applying that to your practice, I think you're wrong. Right? I don't think that's going to happen um, because I, I, you know, I've been to keynotes. And I've been kind of shitty about it in the past because I've I've kind of said conferences I don't think are are very uh, I don't think they're very cost effective in my opinion. And we just in terms on. of
2: skill acquisition.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think you I don't think you are. You know what what can you so so like I'll give you an example. I went to Fall Conference one time, and uh, Fall Conference is a big substance use conference that's down in Southern Utah. Okay, it's probably the biggest substance use conference in our state. And um, the the gal so there's a movie called uh, I think it was called Criminal Minds or no Freedom Riders freedom Freedom Riders um, and uh, um, Hillary Swank was the actress that was in that right and um, the 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 real life person who Hillary Swank portrayed was there the real Freedom Rider lady I don't know who it was mm-hmm. or maybe it was just Hillary Swank playing her in real life. <laughs> the, the yeah. she's that good of an yeah. actor <laughs> Damn, that's telling <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> um so uh she so she was talking and she was just talking about the experience and and how all that came about and everything and i'm looking around me and like i mean she's a good speaker obviously charismatic i mean they would have made a movie after her unless it happened but i'm looking around people are crying you know just <laughs>
1: hmm.
0: you know just talking about bravery and shit i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> and then i kind of you know i got back and i was like eh, you know what you what'd you think and i was like that's eh, all right you know and then they were they were oh my i i just feel so and i'm like well what are you gonna do what are you gonna do with any of that how can you apply that to you like what what did it do to help you a- advance your career now that's me being a, a jerk right because i'm being a dick naturally and, i know <laughs> <laughs> but i'm just and and i was and and i maybe it was I, I just was trying to get my point across that well unless you're attending like a training that you didn't get much in the way of skill acquisition there's nothing that right old, old gal said that that you can apply to practice on Monday when you come back to work you know what i mean and and that's where i kind of had beef with some of the conferences but i i don't think they're useless after having attended this conference i think it's i, I think the benefit is kind of like what i said exposure to certain things um, with with the intention of following up on some of those things to then further advance your skills and practice and career.
2: That that's a big piece of how you kind of sold me on uh, when you first introduced the CBISO mm-hmm. idea before we even went to Cincinnati is because uh, he had he had some comments about process groups. And how, you know, you can attend a process group and it can, it can be powerful and moving. And, you know, there's like, you know, there can be like some emotional exchange and, uh, at the end of it, people feel uplifted and happy. Um, but like what was actually gained in terms of like applicability and uh, skill acquisition and what do you actually do with it? You know, okay. There was maybe some, maybe some level of connection with people in the group, you know, some interpersonal shit, but like, as far as take home, mm-hmm. uh, risk prevention, Um, process groups are a little short on that and that, that, uh, since we've, you know, converted over doing the, the psychoeducational aspect that's, I, that's where our clients actually get some tools to use and shit as a therapist, that's where I've learned more ways to you know, effectively like rattle off a whole series of different skills and tools to throw to
0: clients. Right. Right. No, I, 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 and I think too, like that's super crucial for (laughs) it's funny because like super crucial for our clients advancement, but not only that, like as a clinician, um, one of the things that you should be interested in is not, not necessarily, I I think it's foolish as a clinician to only look at the numbers on your paycheck as a, as a metric, of the value of where you work like the value of where you work should also be defined by a few other things like a couple things in terms of like how you start to place value in your work is um you know number one of course how much money i make because i got to pay the bills right but also flexibility huge huge deal like me being able to kind of define my schedule when i come in when i go out how i do those things what i how i'm going to integrate my work into my life And balance that like that whole i mean everybody talks about work-life balance and all the other stuff and and they you know falls into that whole myth that i don't believe in burnout um (laughs) like (laughs) like um i i just think i think burnout is a side effect of your career not advancing right and like and you not feeling like you're advancing so the real question is is okay well yeah do I get that? But then also you have to ask, okay, is this, is this agency advancing my career? And part of that requires that the agency may not pay you as much, but they also are investing in, in evidence-based practices to advance your career and to train you in those things long-term. Like one of the things that we've done is we've become trainers in that. So we can train our clinicians in that. And like, we're on track to become trainers in a whole bunch of other ones, but it takes, I mean, it ta- we have to, do them for like a year and then we can be trained as trainers and it's a huge, you know, it's, it's a lot of work to get to that point. Right. So I think as, as a, as you're looking at those things, like I've always, I've always looked at some of the research on like client change, you know, and it's funny, excuse me, some of the, some of the stuff that they cite because they say, you know, um, uh, the percentage wise, they say 30% of, of change is, all based on a therapeutic relationship, right? Hmm. As if that doesn't also have an evidence-based practice attached to it, right? It's like, well, well evidence-based practice has nothing to do with it. 30% of the change is, is all about change. And I'm like, or, or the relationship rather. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah, how do you think those relationships right, are right, formed? Right. Yes. Oh, oh, it's from that thing called motivational interviewing. Oh, yeah, okay, that thing. That helps build rapport and relationships with clients. That's, that's how that gets developed. And even the researchers will say that the relationship is necessary, but it's not sufficient to change, right? And then it goes into the the rest of it, and it talks about, you know, only 15% of change is accounted for in the clinical interventions. Right. There's
2: like a bunch of other shit that doesn't even, like, we don't have control over
0: well, all these external factors. Well, 40% is related to what happens outside yeah. of therapy, which to me falls into mean. the no shit category, because... Okay. How long do you, so you do a session. How long are your sessions with clients? 50 minutes. Okay. An hour, right? So I'm with a client for one hour a week.
2: you have got 167 or something other hours out there in the community in a week. Right.
0: And my whole purpose in having you in my session and in my group is that I teach you a skill that yep. then you can take into your daily living. So. Yes, of course, most of the change should be happening outside of the clinical intervention. Like they should be practically hmm. applying those skills outside right. of there. Not just simply. <laughs> I mean, there's changes going on in their lifestyle as a result of them having clinical interventions like one is leading to the other. So that's the whole thing to say that this hap- this 40 percent of what was happening outside of this was was in a vacuum. Why are they in therapy then in the first well,
2: place? So, so like. We teach them some skills and tactics to improve their emotional regulation and their problem solving, which makes them more employable. They yeah, get a higher thinking, paying job, yeah. land a great job. Now they can afford a better place to live. Sure. Boom. A residence and employment are filled
0: in. Right, right, right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like right. you, you're – and that's just one example. But I mean like th- their lifestyles are changing as a result of those things. But of course that's happening outside of clinical intervention. Yeah. Like. That they shouldn't be happening. It, it, essentially, all we're trying to do is help them become their own therapists. Anyway, that's what we're trying that's to true. move I, on. I
2: was looking, you know, I was looking at that statistic wrong. Maybe I, I think I was looking at it like the 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 things outside of therapy are things. Outside of any influence or control that we have, maybe outside of direct control, but we directly influence all that stuff.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. yeah. I I think it's I think it's an an erroneously presented. That is. Yeah. Like percentage. Right. I just don't think that's like that's right as far as those things go. But well, well, that's what uh, Prescott was talking about in his. um, Yeah.
2: So that's what I've been talking about with my crew on Thursdays at noon is that the whole concept of the therapeutic relationship, Mm -hmm. because what it talked about, this is what kind of got my attention is that it, I mean, it it brings up the Dunning Kruger shit, dude. It, it basically says that therapists grossly overestimate their competence Mm -hmm. in, in, uh, their ability to deliver treatment and they overestimate their efficacy. They, they, they overestimate all that stuff. And the, the, the crazy thing is that, um, Through career longevity, our as a as therapists, our confidence increases the longer we the deeper we get into our career, but our competence does not. And it said that one year after uh, graduation is where most therapists are at their peak and it just kind of maintains and plateaus from there. But we think we're getting better and we're not And experience experience trainings ATSA, all that stuff by itself doesn't move the needle. The thing that it talked about, and this is, this is what I'm curious what you have to think. If you remember from Mm -hmm. Prescott's thing says that like the, so the thing that matters within the therapeutic relationship that actually generates improvement is getting feedback from clients and then directly taking the feedback we get from clients and tailoring it and individualizing it to the client. And so we have to create an atmosphere to where and this is tough with court order clients, mm-hmm. but we have to create an atmosphere to where we're asking maybe some measurable questions, things that are directly related uh, to uh, development. And I, I, I pulled some, I stole some of those from Prescott because uh, he did like a kind of a Likert scale for a few different factors. But but then to like. Uh, it, it was something like uh, therapists that asked for client feedback after on session number one had like 40% better retention in scheduling follow-up sessions. And then down the road, um, uh, I I don't remember the percent, but it was like, A significant increase in efficacy Mm -hmm. and that's the thing is like i don't know how often i've really asked the client i mean i I do i I would say maybe once every few months i might ask the client hey like how do
0: you feel like that went yeah 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 yeah
2: Yeah. i don't do it often but apparently that's like the thing that actually makes a big difference
0: i'm trying to look for his i'm trying to look for the title of his um session this was on friday the 28th does that sound right
2: I think that would have been on a
0: Thursday, dude. Thursday? Yeah, I think was, that was on a Thursday. It was when we went to go see him. Yeah. Uh is David Prescott on It was in to... the afternoon. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Uh, um it wasn't there. It was oh, it was somewhere along this way. Um, let's see here. It was like, yeah, somewhere around right here. Harmful community treatment, social media management, teams. No, nope. let's see. Uh, come to no new meta analysis risk. This is bad TV, man. I know, I know, yeah. Uh, well, I was gonna go through each one of these and try to find out which one we went but like you, you jumped ahead and ruined my whole, plan. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> no, it's all yeah. good. No, I mean, I mean, uh, so while I look for this, one thing I would say on this is, um, I could do the control F, yeah. Feature, I was just but, gonna say, um, w- when when I was thinking about, um, you know, like as far as like advancing your own, uh, like your own career. Yeah, of course. Like, um, I think part of the thing that I got from his presentation was, um, an exercise in humility is probably the most important feature mm-hmm. that a clinician can have, not confidence. Um, right. and not, not, um, like, you know, uh, and, and, and yeah, I, I think that whole idea that you've been in the field for X amount of years to some degree that matters depending on who you are, you know, um, other times I don't care if you've been in it. It, What have
2: you been doing while you've been in the field? Right. It's just like, it's a matter of just existing clocking in day in, day out. Like cool.
0: Right. You know? So his, the title of his research or his uh, presentation is what do we really know about professional development? How can we get better at our work? And this was from David Prescott. L I C S W. I wonder what that means. I want to get that I.
2: That's an extra initial. Yeah, instant credibility. That that was probably a, I have to look at him again, but that that might have been my favorite presentation as far as like.
0: Well, Prescott's a good presenter anyway. He 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 like he and he's funny, you yeah, know. Yeah. In a um in a very just charming and subtle way, you know what I mean. So he does. Uh, but he. I, I think that he presents it in the um, easy to consume fashion, too. So, dude, by the way, one thing that I noticed across the board, with the exception of that one dude with the long hair, um, everybody needs to watch a few YouTube videos on uh, PowerPoint presentations because dude those were the worst things i've ever seen like i I mean like i was like damn these are these are i can't talk i can't talk
2: talk. i'm not the powerpoint king myself but yeah i I felt at home
0: yeah yeah i'm just saying like if you're going if you're going to use visual aids you know which is fine you know i think it keeps everybody on track gives them something uh, you know, I, I'm a visual learner. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what. <laughs> so
2: is everybody. Yeah.
0: Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, like, I love visual. I'm like, wait, what? Um, I, I remember somebody told me that one time and they're like, because I gave step by step instructions on something. And they're like, "Can we turn this into a flow chart? I'm more of a visual learner." I'm like, <laughs> "Get out of my class." <laughs> so then I you know, I was a class. This was a clinician mm. that I was supervising. So then I did turn it into a flow chart and and the flow chart was super confusing. You know, they had like and they're like, "Well, I mean, I'm like Oh my gosh! Like it, it's just just learn. Yeah. I love. Just get this increase in your step head. Step one. Yeah. Step yeah, two. Yeah. Step like that. I mean, it's Legos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, I I agree. So, how do you feel like those groups have been going so far? I, from my perception, because you know my ego gets to be in play really well. Um, a couple. Oh, of so are, you're you're doing it right now? Yeah. You're doing it right now. You're saying how good you are, and you're not even that good. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things I acknowledged. I was like, I'm probably guilty of this. All, I probably suck at this. But- well,
2: here's what I did. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I pulled the surveys that Prescott put in his PowerPoint, the client surveys, and I've handed those out to like five or six of my clients. Yeah. And I haven't received them back yet, uh, but I, I had to kind of prep them. I was like, look. Say whatever you want 100% it won't be held over your head roast me yeah. say whatever yeah. you want and so we'll see what we'll see what happens when um, did you give them to him this last week oh okay so yeah i should start getting them this this next week so get ready yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but i'm what i'm hoping is that the other clinicians that are intending this thing i'm doing um will take the lead and and uh and do that themselves i i want to i want to see what it's like for a therapist to make themselves uncomfortable by giving their client like carte blanche authority to, to roast them if necessary or compliment them. We don't just need clients to blow smoke up our ass though. I yeah. want to actually, I want to actually know. And, and some of the questions that we, that he asks it, it, it makes it easy. I think for the the client to like conceptualize what they want to say about the way treatment's going. Yeah.
0: And, well, and dude, I like um, well, you know how I think about my groups. <laughs> I, I take a very humble approach to them. <laughs> um, well, no, like, so, um, I, I am confident that I run a good group. Right. And, um, so this last week, um, as part of our, as part of our grant, we were running, um, CBI, uh, is cognitive behavioral, the core adult program. Right. And we had to do a, um. And we had to do a, um, we had to run a group, and I think it was like dealing with anxiety and stress and anxiety or something like that. I, I think that's what we were dealing. With. I can't remember. Um, anyway, so dude from University of Cincinnati, um, this, this is uh, Eric Willoughby. Shout out to Eric. He came and and observed us right and gave us feedback. And I mean, he wrote like five pages of feedback on this too. Um, and so I'm running a group, and afterwards, you know, <clears throat> I'm like thinking. I nailed that. Like nailed it, okay? And the you know what was what one of the things that they had noticed too was like one of the um one of the captains from the jail sat in on the group. Now normally you would think the clients are going to be weird about this because they have a captain in right. there, right? And one of the things he said that was really cool feedback that I liked hearing was they after the session started, they didn't even know they were there because they were just so engaged, right? So I think, like, that's a quality of mind that I, I mean, I get clients engaged fast sure. and build rapport uh, fast, yeah. right? Um, but at the end of it, there was five things that I needed to, to, um, that were areas for improvement for me. You know what I mean? Mm. And, good. Um, yeah, and it, and it was good. Like, it was, it was good that I, that I had some of those things. And it was some of the, it was, uh, none of it was, I felt nitpicky. I thought all of it was very, um, integral to, to, to advancing the session as it was designed. And little pieces that are part of natural drift as you kind of get out of doing some of these things, you know, that that help bolster the session um, and, and kind of go, go from there. So, but I was kind of excited that I got feedback. Like that's, I think that when you're getting feedback, this isn't, you know, people look at criticism, this is always a bad thing. Well, it's just... Helping you get better. You know what I mean? Like if you look at it in that way, this is going to advance my career versus this is an indictment on you and your skills as a therapist and as a person and as a human being. (laughs) Right. You know, and, and like that's where it becomes a problem. So compared to conferences, one thing I would encourage clinicians to seek out is look at trainings rather than conferences. I mean, if you want bang for your buck. Right. Trainings that are but there has to be very specific guidelines to that not just a training but training that has skills based practice and and feedback in the training okay and then like ongoing coaching and fidelity after that training that is crucial is that
2: something that you can search like is that like i mean cbi meets that mark but like yeah well so we, I, I wouldn't even like it, Where else would you find that besides CBI?
0: Well, so I, so uh, yeah, I, I think as you're looking at the trainings, it'll tell you whether or not you have ongoing coaching and fidelity associated with that. So like some of the times, um, yeah, so uh, we're talking about CBI. This is university of Cincinnati corrections Institute. They, they often will have, um, their, their, uh, you know, training extravaganzas. I can't remember what they call them. They don't (laughs) call them that, but that sounds way better. Um, so, any of those you go to, you're going to get, I mean, that's excellent use of your money, agency funds. That's an excellent use of that. Right. Um, I I do think, though, that if you're looking into a training like Department of Human Services here locally, Utah Department of Human Services will sponsor certain trainings. Okay. Um, and Going there, practicing it and doing that, like the retention of those skills uh, statistically only lasts about six months. If you practice it and get feedback in the training, if you don't have ongoing fidelity monitoring and coaching, it goes away after like six months. You drift and you're totally not even doing it anymore. That sounds right. And if there's no training, if there's no skills-based practice and feedback within it, there's zero application after that statistically. Say that again. There's what? If there's no skills based practice and feedback in the training, so you're actually doing role play as if you were doing whatever the thing is. And there's if there's none of that, whatever you learned, you will not apply. You will not apply that afterwards statistically. Yeah. So they they've done tons of research on that. So I just say sure. conferences are not useless. Okay. Especially if you're just breaking up monotony, which is fine, by the way. You know, I'm not I didn't really go there to make friends or anything. Some people do go there for like uh An outing and they want to be friendly with people i'm not like a jerk but i i didn't you know that wasn't my intention is like i can't wait to go network you know i've got enough friends yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's the reason why well another one that we attended was um i like how atsa does this too they kind of like categorize it like is this clinical or research and then like what level is it because we went to um a clinical intermediate presentation which was called can sex offense Treatment be sex positive. That's right. And this Bollinger is, guy. Yeah, Bud Bollinger the third, PhD. And it was cool. He taught to us. Yeah, he talked. To, dude, that was. There was two highlights of this conference. <laughs> Highlight number one was watching Windy <laughs> City Heat in your. That wasn't. Um, yeah. Dude, that's a great. Anybody who has great, it, man. It's on YouTube yeah. for free, by the way, everybody. Yeah. So if you have not seen Windy City Heat, it's like a it's like a reverse Borat. Like oh that is
2: a good description. Yeah,
0: it, it's uh, what That's is a his name? Good description. Perry Corvello. Perry Perry, yeah, yeah. Corve- something like that. Yeah, Perry Corvello. Yeah. Anyway, he's Scary the Perry. so everybody is <laughs> is pretending that he is cast for this movie called Windy City Heat, and everybody's in on the joke except for him. So Borat's kind of the other way around; he's the only one in on the joke. Everybody's in it, so it's a reverse Borat. Like he's he's the only one not in on the joke, and dude, it is so hilarious. <laughs> it's it, that was a solid. Record recommendation yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. i was i was we were laughing throughout yeah that from yeah. jump street yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um highlight number two <laughs> was we were uh jeff and i were at the bar getting an adult beverage and this uh this young lady she uh so while bud bollinger was presenting he was talking about um he was talking about looking on instagram right and he was talking about sex positivity and getting into all this and then like he was joking about how many dildos he was looking at online right and he said he people started calling me the dildo guy like he that's what he said in his presentation right so then later on later on when we were at the we were at the, the we were waiting in line at the bar um and uh, we saw him, and I think you said, "Oh, hey, there's the dildo guy." We got to yeah. talk. Now we were saying that endearingly because we wanted to talk to him and follow up, right? And and this this lovely young lady, she turns around and um and and just you know what, just use your imagination. What you know what this gal looked like, and you're right. Um, she turned around and she said, uh, "Actually," and she her eyes were kind of closed, and she like we were taller than her, but she still looked down her nose at us i don't know how i was with a sneer yeah yeah. yeah yeah actually we're trying to make the community safer and i'm like and i at first i felt like i didn't hear her because i had said i was like come <laughs> again you like what? what did you say and she's like uh it's not a joke we're, we're trying to make the community safer and i'm like you know we own the biggest agency in utah and wyoming for sex offender treatment right like no <laughs> no you, and then she told me no you don't and i'm like I pulled out my Atza thing because I didn't have it <laughs> around my neck like a nerd, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I had it in my pocket. I'm like, we're going to the same conference as you. We're sex offender therapists. We've been doing this since 2008 lady and she's she's like wow i feel really embarrassed i'm like yeah you should be like (laughs) and then and then homeboy came over and started talking to us and then like her friend was right there and i'm like oh dude you have to feel so dumb right now you have to feel so dumb (laughs) i can feel her cringe yeah. yeah but that guy i thought he did a i thought he did a pretty good job um one thing that i i kind of appreciated and i i thought about this for a while was Like, um, you know, trying to, I don't know, project what we believe to be like sexually moral or, um, normative, you know, onto clients. I just, I don't know how helpful that is. And, and I don't know, he kind of, I liked that he was kind of challenging what we consider to be deviant. I mean, deviant in my mind, I think is a really short list. It's usually Illegal sexual behaviors, you know, obviously like sexual behaviors involving children, um, weapons, force, and then, you know, if you had... If your sexual offense was associated with like some sort of paraphilia, like voyeurism or exhibitionism, I mean, you can do those in a legal way. But if that was your crime, I don't know if you ought to be reinforcing it like emotionally and cognitively by continuing to do that. You know what I mean? Right. But I, I I don't know. I've kind of struggled with like people categorizing like S&M as deviant. Okay. Like not that I'm into it. I mean, I'm pretty prudish when it comes to like sexual stuff, but like. I don't know. Uh, when it comes to those, I remember my client bringing to me a waiver uh, about going into a sex dungeon before. Mm, yeah. And I was like and I and I read through it with him cuz he dungeons. was trying to get permission to go, which obviously he didn't. <laughs> optics, like a permission slip. <laughs> <laughs> optics were really bad. Yeah. But he brought it in to like show, "Oh, no, this is legit." And I'm like, "I know it's legit. It's not going to work though." Um but he was asking about going to it and I look, read it over. And, I mean, it, it pretty well spells out everything that's going to happen in there and the safety protocols and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what? whenever have they discussed the sexual activity that you're about to engage in, most people never talk about that. They kind of just oh, that's a good point. go right. for it. You know what I mean? I mean, really, like do – couples Here, here's the some first infor- time informed
2: consent is right like what is that's what exactly it is. what yeah. it is yeah yeah
0: and and i get i get you can't consent to like sexual abuse i understand that but this i don't think that falls into that category right i mean you well, know it's not abuse well no no yeah. everybody's consenting to it and and i don't know like people are like well, well there's pain involved and i'm like so what yeah. i mean i don't i don't know i mean that, that makes it bad that makes it what some people have said well that makes it unhealthy And i'm like so if it's painful it makes it unhealthy i think so if just- i so if I run, I ran uh, six miles this morning. Um, well, no, no, I swam. And then I, then I, yeah, no, yesterday I ran six miles. And guess what? Hurts today. My my legs hurt today. So that's painful. That's unhealthy? Is that, is that what we're saying? I mean, that was, that running's unhealthy. I'm engaging in a healthy behavior that leads to pain. I, I almost wonder if, so,
2: you know, the, the sadism, masochism part, I, I wonder if people react to that. It's like people don't like the idea of somebody getting off on the sadism side of it, but it's consensual
0: though. Right. Right. The other person's in on it. Right. And what I'd say is if it's consensual and it's legal, like, um, I, to Ooh, me, a shit. the best antidote to deviant sexual behavior is healthy sexual behavior. And the more, the merrier. No abstinence, point. no sex, well, cut it off completely. That's why I've always been kind of creeped out by like, um, I, I've had clients say, yeah, my PO said I need to bring my girlfriend in and meet you before we have sex. I'm like, what? what Why? Why would I need to meet her? Like, <laughs> what? Are you, yeah, what, what are you am I gonna talk to, about? What are you supposed
2: to do? Yeah, I've heard that.
0: Do, you've heard that. I know you've yeah. heard that before. Do you know what you're getting into, like, young lady. <laughs> 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 it's like for for sponsorship and like supervision purposes, sure, sure but. Yeah. N- I mean, I that's none of my business. Dude, you would
2: have to have some major game to still be able to get someone to have sex with you if you had to if you had to have them come into to a therapy session or with a PO and have a sit down.
0: Either, about, are you e- sure you want to have sex with either this dude? that either that or that your partner is in a odd position in life is the only other thing. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can say to yeah. that. Um, that's, that's a weird interaction. But I thought I thought he did a good job of like, um, I guess, just being like helping people be more open to some of those things, you know, like like you're saying abstinence only missionary position only. Yeah, like, right. Come on, man. Like, again, and
2: use of sex toys, speaking of dildos.
0: Right. I don't care. I don't care. Well, what did you think he, ha- what,
2: what did you think about what he had to say about the, this, that's the part where I didn't know quite how to feel about it is the, the porn. Cause you know, he was saying porn hubs are bad. That's not good. But then he, he like gave these uh, websites yeah. for, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't been to the websites, but like they're supposed to be, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what kind of porn, better porn. He, porn he's,
0: he called something. it ethical porn. Is that what he called it? Yeah. And he gave websites. And, I don't know what to think about that. Um, here's what I think about porn is, um, I, I think it's like, so when I'm, when I was a kid, I really liked, um, watching commando and Rambo and a lot of, you know, and then I would, after watching that, I would go out and pretend I was commando and rambo Absolutely. in my backyard and terminate like that's what i would play right carry around a log yeah so kids nowadays uh Stuck. kids nowadays um i i think they have a little bit more advanced things like they have harry potter they have lord of the rings stuff like that right and so they're like special effects way better but man it'd be a good time to be a kid especially toys are sweet right now right um That I think is kind of what's happening with adults is is porn is simply just a fantasy and commando and Rambo kind of a fantasy Harry Potter fantasy right now again there's parodies that's not what I'm talking about what I'm talking about is you're watching a sexual situation that just is completely unrealistic you know what I mean I see what you're saying and and what I here's what I'd say about ethical pornography is it to me I think the The way that a client is actually going to get down with somebody else, if they were watching that as a porno, it'd be completely uninteresting for most of us. If if, for most of us, if we looked at like what we were doing in bed normally, people making love, dude, (laughs) nobody's watching that. It'd get like (laughs) two (laughs) two views, and you'd be one of them. Yeah, (laughs) 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 like (laughs) so. She'd be the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I, I just don't. Um, I think that. Pornography, by its nature, is designed to to be like so fantastic that it shows people like a a a fantasy that's just un, completely unre- unrealistic, like you know, sexual superheroes. Right, as far as those yeah. things go. Yeah, yeah. And okay. and I guess my um and and really, what it what is it? it? It's just you're just adding additional stimulus to like you know, kind of subsidize and and I guess I don't know like. Add to the process of masturbation. Nobody's nobody's doing this for the plot, okay. Mm. Nobody's watching it for that. You know what I mean. Nobody's like, man, so good movie. You know, n- never. So so if
2: if these dudes on probation that we work with didn't have the stipulations that they have, do, so let's let's remove A P from it. Just if we're talking just healthy sexuality, do you yeah. think that ethical porn could be used in a healthy way to like condition somebody to have a more I guess to put actual sexuality in like a healthy trajectory.
0: Um, no, I would, I would wonder, well, I've never watched ethical porn. I don't know what I'm, um, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't we're even know. We're just
2: guessing. I mean, based on what we're saying, it might be.
0: Well, so the whole point is, is like you're, you're observing something and then you're reinforcing that something with masturbation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so essentially you're having you're you're rather than creating your own fantasy by closing your eyes and imagining a past sexual encounter you're now having it provided for you right and and then you are reinforcing that through masturbation okay so now now i'm i'm making it more powerful by linking a pleasurable response to this right
2: and so if what you're watching is a healthy theme or at least maybe just ethical <laughs> yeah uh then you're reinforcing something that
0: isn't going to be uh you know, whatever, whatever the evils of Pornhub that dude was talking about. Maybe I, but I don't. I would say I don't know if it's required for a client to get down with somebody though. So, to me, to me, what I would think is, um, I think you know what to do when you get there. Um, you know what I mean? Like more importantly, it's not an instructional. Well, so I don't think there's anything unhealthy with deriving pleasure from your body, right? And one thing that I I disagreed with was I don't think masturbation should be used for stress relief. I don't think it should be used as an emotional coping. What about a sleeping aid? Nope. I think it should <laughs> be used exclusively for deriving pleasure from yourself. That's it. I, that's my opinion. I think that's all it should be used for. And if you're doing it for the reasons you're doing it wrong. What's the, what's the problem <clears throat> if you use it for like stress relief? Well, the problem is, is, is it's, it's it, at least, I, I think it's, it's on the plane of, um, Un- unrealistic coping in terms of what it's designed to do because it is a <laughs> yeah. feeling like no other right an orgasm is it's a feeling like no other and if it's strictly for stress relief right um well okay now now i'm introducing a very powerful uh coping mechanism like yeah it's gonna work and temporarily you're gonna experience a feeling of pleasure that you know is unmistakable um I, I don't know if you've actually solved the problem that led to the stress in the first place. Right. <laughs> sure. yeah. So if, if I, if I'm stressed out because of something, you know, like, but let's say I get a, I get a, um, a notice in the, in the, the mail that says, Hey, in 30 days, we're turning your lights off. If you don't, your, your past due, you just start fiercely and, masturbating, and I, and I have a panic attack about it, but then, or, or if I'm stressed out about it. And then I take, uh, <laughs> and then I take an Ativan or something and then I calm right down. Okay. Now I'm oh, like, Okay, did that adivan pay the bill? Sure didn't. Well, and look, I don't think there's anything wrong with experiencing some worry and stress related to that bill. So, yeah, if I'm like, fuck, I'm stressed out, and then I start, yeah, (laughs) masturbating... to relieve with myself the bill in one hand, you're junk in the other yeah. just, <laughs> weird, but yeah, see what I'm saying? Like, I don't, it's I don't, past, I don't know. Dude. I don't know what you're really accomplishing there. And then, and then no matter what you're reinforcing a fantasy with a person that you're never going to meet and, and you're never going to have sexual sure. encounters with. So yeah. I, I think more so is, is to, you know, start developing your own sexual fantasies that you don't need. If you're going to masturbate, fine, do whatever you want. But like, I think, building relationships and 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 getting to the point where I can engage in a meaningful relationship that's eventually going to become intimate to me that seems like a much more functional approach to teaching a client good skills. That's great. Yeah, yep. but I'm I mean I don't know. You support porn. yeah, like I agree. It's a little controversial part right there but um and then we attended one uh what was where's that? that legal one that
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean not, not a ton to say on that other than that the attorney work product aspect of it is a yeah. uh, that's that eases my anxiety quite a bit about doing risk assessments with uh, someone that hasn't been convicted.
0: That was really good for if you did not know much about, um, uh, like the legal side of these things in terms of it was called legal aspects and clinical of clinical assessment and treatment. And this was Moss Aubrey, Ph.D., Lori Kepras, Ph.D., and Shoshana Must, Ph.D. Shoshana. Uh, yeah. Um, these these were just issues working with attorneys. These I thought they were really that yeah, was a really good. session. I liked it. Yeah, they did a good. They did a good job. Uh, it's always weird when one person has a microphone and the other ones don't though. It's always like what
2: am Oh I- that one that, uh, I think it was the the Kepros lady. She she didn't need a mic Nah, yeah, no. she was she She's just
0: put gold, it out there. Yeah, yeah she went for it. Yeah. Um the other one was th- this was the uh we got to a one that was kind of a lull. We looked at everything and we didn't really have anything to attend so we attended one I thought it was okay. Um if you, if you remember it um, this was uh what was it uh the it was incorporating touch
2: oh yeah right 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 that that was that was probably the most fun I had in a training is.
0: Touches yeah. says, touch is not evil. <laughs> integrating touch into treatment. And this is, uh, Kristen Santiago and Annette Birgensen. Uh, yeah. She's from somewhere mm-hmm. in Europe. North- yeah. Netherlands or something. Holland. Yeah. This is for, this was for, uh, juveniles though is what they were kind of. And, and it was like, uh, w- which makes sense. I think when you, you know, if you've ever worked juvenile corrections, boundaries is a huge issue. Right. And yeah. Um, not touching each other, which, okay, makes sense. But at the same time, like people are going to touch each other. You know what I mean? Touch is a very normal part of this. And then um, it's a lot of like what not to do without any what to do. And so I think that they were saying, well, yeah, you should be incorporating some aspects of touch into the program in a controlled way such that. But yeah, (laughs) there's. It was a fun, it was fun. That was fun because we were... So Jeff is referring to, there was a part where they were um, just having these like, you know, exercises that we were doing and one of them they stood up and everybody had to say um their favorite ice cream and uh and Jeff was Jeff was like some crazy crazy old lady screaming at the moon cuz he had his favorite his mint favorite uh, his, yes his favorite uh ice cream is mint chip I, I found some people like me I was, I was mint happy, happy. <laughs> I was like dude nobody yeah. want nobody likes that or wants that yeah. that was super funny yeah yeah, I was kind of bummed when they asked like favorite place to vacation, and nobody else like Disney. You guys are you got to la- explain yourself, lameos, man. dude. No, uh, I don't have to explain myself. Disney, hey, you owe it to the gorilla social. It is listeners. called the most magical place on earth. But you would go there without kids, even. Of course. Now, see, that's the part you need to explain. Okay, no, 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 no. I I don't need to explain it. I don't need to explain <laughs> you anything. Should okay. You ought uh, to. You ought to. You don't need so, to. So uh, the other ones, the other ones, beaches were a big one, right? Okay, now, let me just ask you, what can you do at a beach? Lay there. Okay. (laughs) What about me says lay there? Anything you know about me? (laughs) Fair. Okay, I I don't like laying there. Lay there and do what? Just cook. Cook, okay. So, fry in the sun? Yeah. Okay, all right. Exactly. Do what else? Play in the ocean play okay so not getting the ocean just kind of yeah. right okay all right yeah. Yeah. yeah i swim all the time um uh and, and i assume but maybe it's pretty drink some adult beverages yeah it's pretty okay i don't drink alcohol hardly ever um you might see a sea turtle and then and then i, I drink alcohol twice a year maybe maybe <laughs> and then and then the other thing so two things i don't like doing lane and sand i hate sand <laughs> and I love how it gets everywhere and it gets back in your hotel room and it gets in your shoes and it, you cannot, it's like glitter. It's inescapable. So that's, that's that. And I'm like, okay, okay cool. So, I mean, it's hot, it's hot and miserable. And I, I'm constantly trying to find shade. So I go somewhere and then try to build things around it to stop it from hurting me. And then, and then I need to take a mind altering substance to, to try to distract myself yeah. from how miserable this is. Whereas in Disneyland, dude, I'm amazed everywhere I go by <laughs> rides and food yeah. and I'm like just all kinds of people. It's magical. Yeah, yeah. It's never a dull moment. And at the end of the day, I'm sore as shit because I walked everywhere and I feel like I accomplished something too. And then I got to get up and do it again the next day. Yeah, I you love it. You explained yourself. Yeah, I, I love, love it, man. man. Okay. I' lo- okay. I, 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 Take my money. Take my <laughs> you money. You explained son. yourself. Yeah. Um, okay. We tried to go to talk less, do more practical teaching skills and some wretched oh, mother effer took to your die. spot. So yeah. like somebody, he only had a certain number of spots and and yeah. And then after that, it was, it, it was, it was, <sighs> we walked in there. We were like, what, three, four minutes late. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, Bob sucked. McGrath, we were trying to sit down on his training. We've been to a couple of his trainings before. And then Jeff couldn't scan in because someone took some loser. Yeah. And it was not like we, we should have done a showdown. Yeah. Like which one of you losers aren't uh-huh. supposed to be here. We could have made a big stink about it, but we didn't. Right. So, um, we were polite. yeah, we were polite. And then after that we went on to, um, yeah, th- then it was, uh, Prescott after that. Yeah. yeah. So that was, yeah. And then the other one that it was I thought, a sexual deviance one. The sexual deviance one. Oh, that was remember fun. That, where we took the polls. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we uh
2: met that the dude that actually listens to us and oh, from yeah. Vermont. Fan. Yeah, what was his yeah. name?
0: I don't remember, man. I think it was Adam. He's from Vermont. Shout out to Adam from Vermont. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Overall, <clears throat> I don't know. I kinda um I was uh the 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 way Atsa had been sold to me was this was like a big deal and people are fighting with each other about research and heckling one another and all this other stuff. And I didn't really see a lot of that. Um, I did hear about things that I kind of already knew. Um, and it was just, you know, uh, reinforcing and, 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 and affirming of things that we're already doing. Um, but then at the same time, like I thought there were some really unique things that came up that at least, at least gave me some, some thought about trying to incorporate that into our practices sure. in the future, but yeah. and it kind of seems like that's that's one of those conferences that if you're in this field, it's kind of like, yeah, I kind of have to go to it. You know what I mean? That's more and more what it feels like. But I mean, overall, not bad. Yeah. Right. Agreed. So what are we giving it? A B plus. I'll go yeah, B plus. A minus. We'll go A minus.
2: I'm 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 actively using stuff from it so I can't give it too low a score. Yeah. There we go. Yep.
0: Definitely not a C. Right. It was worthwhile. So uh, anything else we want to say about this? No. Uh you and I need to become members. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, and I think uh I think we we should uh put out there that I think you and I are going to try to present there next year about working with right. um like Antisocial and narcissistic personalities yeah. in in groups like really difficult clients, and how to work with that, them.
2: That, yeah, how to deal with difficult clients. Yeah,
0: yeah. That won't be the title. We'll come up with something, something catchier. With bamboozle. Yeah, we'll bamboozle them. Yeah. So <laughs> how to bamboozle bad boys. <laughs> how to to, to bamboozle bad boys (laughs) (laughs) send it in dad's yeah all right okay enough of us we'll see you next time guys and that about does it for this episode of the gorilla social work podcast if you like what you hear, wait until the five-star rating button lays down for a nap, climb to the top rope, and execute a one-and-a-half front flip and land on their chest. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please help us grow by subscribing and sharing with a friend. We'd like to stay in chat longer, but we're lying. Good night.